fire up 13 flight controllers, listen up. Give me a go, no go for launch. Public nudity. Go. Illegal narcotics. Go. Dog shagging. We'll go flight. Bubbler. Bubbler's go. Who in the shoe? Go flight. Road rage. Go flight. Roid rage. Where to go? Brown paper bags. Go. Eclipse containers. Go. Chinese restaurants. Go flight. Peanut butter photography. Go. Billy Idol. Billy Idol. Billy Idol. Just wait for some power. Breezers. Where are go? Phantom biters. Light is go. Fingers and dates. Where go, flight? Launch control. This is fire up 30. We are go for launch. Chris Gale. Good morning, Stephen. I'm a little choked up. So am I. I'm back there. I'm back there 50 years ago. Today? Yes. 50 years today? Yes. And even you, the polymath that you are, tried to correct me. Oh, because I said it was the 20th of July, but that was United States time. It was kind of their deal, though, wasn't it? <laughs> You're forgetting Parks. You're forgetting yeah. Gubnut Creek or whatever it was called. We, uh, we see nothing without the Parks dish, do we? Yes, and we were three seconds ahead of America. Did you know that? Oh, no, I didn't. In I the broadcast. How good is that? Yeah, 50 years ago today, a man... Uh, landed on the moon. I like to say humankind, Steve. Humankind. You know. What? I know gender is fluid. <laughs> Let's go time. We best check Neil Armstrong's uh, groin area just to double check the, uh, the format that he was operating under at the time. You know, I got to see the great man. Did you? He came out to Australia in 2012. Wow. And he actually, with a large screen, uh, they had a video realisation of the eagle's descent to the lunar surface. Right. And, you know, I literally was there, Stephen. You literally were. Yeah. Now, uh, obviously a replica. Where, where, is the, uh, where is the eagle right now, Chris? Well, you asked me the question, did it just spin off into the void uh, like that poor astronaut in 2001 or did it just eventually run out of fuel and fall down to the moon? I, I have a feeling it just spun off into the void uh, once it deposited Aldrin and Armstrong safely back in the Columbia. So it, was, it still was in the, the gravitational pull of the moon, you think, and it's just going round and round No, no, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure it was, they, they, it was they designed that... that, that, that because you'd, you'd hate to have an unfortunate incursion or collision with it when you were revisiting the moon as they did yeah. some... Well, they attempted five or six more times. Look, we have an emotional connection. Um, we, we, you know, we both weren't there. Uh, we watched it. Um, I think. You watched it? Yes, I watched we it. We watched it. Uh, look, if anybody out there is a quasi-scientist and wants to correct us on anything, that, the text line is 0409945955. And what has this got to do with rugby league? I don't know. I do, because yes. you're asking the question, where is the eagle? Yes. And if you go to the Murdoch Press today, mm-hmm. the question is being asked, where are the Sea Eagles fans? Yes. Because they're down in huge numbers on previous levels. So we want to know where the Eagle Lunar Module is, and we want to know where the Sea Eagles fans, because they sure as hell ain't going to Lotto Land. So you reckon Lotto Land's like a beaten-up old eagle. It's just as dispersed into space. It's got nothing left to it, no juice, no power, no nothing. Well, we, we, it's a documented fact that they've had a lot of issues with the agriculture at Lotto Land, the, the uneven surface. Yes. And, in fact, if you actually look closely at it, it, it looks like the Sea of Tranquility. Not it looks like the lunar surface. Dissimilar. Well, well, well. It's, it's that badly kept. Chris, 
Now, there are bigger things to worry about than the moon landing in 50 <laughs> it's years. Hard to, it's hard to think. It's hard to think. I mean, they talk about Trump making a, He wants to make America great again. I mean, you and I both saw the Apollo 11 documentary this week, Stephen. Yes, yes. That's when America was great. Now, can I just say that two things did come to mind. To get something like the funding, the budget through to put man on the moon, which is something like umpteen trillion dollars. Something aspirational. Aspirational. It took someone like John F. Kennedy to set the wheels in motion and give, us, give the nation nine years to get it up and running. And he had to pass it through Congress. And then, of course, the people... People go, you know what, that's not a bad aspiration, is it? I like that dream. That's a big dream. On the other hand, Donald Trump wants to get a wall built to stop Mexicans coming in. And he wants to send people, he wants to send people allegedly back to where they came from. And you may have seen the wall was built this week. Did you see that, Chris? Uh, has it been built, has it? Well, what happened was there's a star in Hollywood, a Donald Trump star. They oh. built a wall around the star. <laughs> have you seen that? It's about two inches tall, like the Stonehenge. <laughs> I was going to say, Kennedy says that you know we have an ambition to walk on the moon before the decade has ended. Yes. And Berejiklian's, what, the M4, M4 WestConnex tunnel? That's yes. about it, isn't it? Did you go through that? I haven't been through it, it yet. It opened. Yes, and it's... And it costs money. And apparently there's enormous pressure as you get there, as you ascend from Haverfield, a bit <laughs> like the lunar module returning to Columbia, as to whether you go right or left. Left or right, left or right. Because if you go left you end up uh, disintegrating as you burn up into the re-entering atmosphere <laughs> of Asheville. If you go right, then you can feel your bank balance <laughs> <Yeah>. depleting. <laughs> it's a beautiful design, Chris. Oh, beautiful I can't design. wait. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, look, I, I have been to Changi Airport, I, I have to say, but I've never stepped outside of Changi. So I don't know uh, the levels that they go to to maintain law and order, much like the Berejiklian government, in Singapore. You've been there. This is right. You're talking about Singapore. For a moment, I was saying, is Changi Airport on the moon? I wasn't really aware of that. But, yes, I have been to Singapore, Stephen. Yeah. And I was actually there as part of the Hayden James Heavily Wang Tour back in 2016. They let you and Hayden into Singapore. They did. And yes. he's now on the main stage at Splendour this uh, 6 o'clock this I'm evening. hoping he had a decent haircut when he went to Singapore. <laughs> Absolutely. Short didn't, back of his eyes. Didn't touch the collar. It's interesting. He's on the main stage at Splendour this evening, and I'm with you here. Yes, yeah. come on. Can you top that? Talk, talk about whether you go left or right Can in the tunnel. Can you top that? Yeah. <laughs> now, look, uh, we've got a bit of an issue here with, uh, of course, the, the Rugby League organisation has a commission, and they've yeah, got a commissioner and a chairman. It's the very top elite level of governance in rugby league. It's what steers our game in the direction it needs to be steered. And has vision. Great vision. Now, they went to Singapore, Greenberg and Beattie. What they, were they doing there? Well, ostensibly the Rugby League International Federation meeting. The Federation? Yes. International Federation. There's actually a bigger body than Not the Galactic own, Federation. No. <laughs> than our own Australian Rugby League Commission. Yes. yes. Uh, but I think, though, they were on a scouting mission. They were saying, can we take Rugby League to Singapore? We remember Be- Beattie's comment about how Chinese could play footy. Well, Remember he, that? Peter Beatty said, uh, let's face it, Australians of an Asian background, they're yeah. terrific at soccer. Yes. They even be better at rugby league. Yes, come on. Yeah, so therefore, Singapore, prime market, yeah, they yeah. thought, yes. for rugby league culture. Right. Not too dissimilar from the push into China not long back that was put forward with Super League, as I recall. Well, yes. So Greenberg well, was dragged along by Beatty, you're saying, Paul, to try Paul, and... Former Tigers coach Paul Broughton, yes. uh, who subsequently had a bit to do with the beleaguered Gold Coast Titans, right. very keen on rugby league in China, hasn't right. taken as yet, but there's right. vision there. Yes. Beatty and Greenberg yes. trying to realise that vision. Okay. So why Singapore? Do we know? Uh, it's clean. It's clean. Orderly. It's, it's good infrastructure. Yeah, good discipline. It's, yeah, great, great hotels. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 you would think, reflects all the values yeah. of rugby league. Though that film didn't do much for the image of rugby league. What was it called? Crazy Young Asians or whatever? Rich, rich Crazy no, Asians? Yeah, it didn't focus on rugby no, league in not, any particular no. way, no. No. So, okay, so unbeknownst to them... In the very same city, in the very same week. Within a kilometre, apparently, of the Rugby League International Federation meeting. There was a man called Mark Coyne. Mark Coyne. Now, now he's, Mark, a, he's familiar to me. 
The greatest try ever in State of Origin. You remember that? Oh, well, it was. For Queenslanders, anyway. It was the greatest try ever. It was the greatest try. Until, until Teddy Tedesco. Until Teddy Tedesco. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, now, you know, we, we hear about Gator. Chris, you've got great Gator. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a sense of what's around you and who's around you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, their rugby league radar, you'd have to say, in the commission was a little off, wasn't it? Well, you would have thought Beatties and Greenberg's equivalent of the spider sense would have been absolutely going ballistic, yes. knowing that a fellow commissioner was yes. in their virtual presence, yes. uh, being Mark Coyne, but yes. they failed to twig that Mark Coyne was in Singapore at the time they were there for the meeting. Yeah, I remember when, uh, you know, we had um, David Gallup here, and uh, he had a, he had a, a seventh sense at 3 a.m. in the morning. He could tell when that phone was about to ring, when somebody was on the turps and going crazy, <laughs> pants down. You know, he just knew it was coming. I also believe he had a. I wasn't here for that particular occasion, but he had enough sense to actually not answer any of your questions. No questions at all. No, it was like it was like, like a black hole in space. You know, nothing, nothing. Well, whereas out. Greenberg came here and was yeah. open and inclusive. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, clearly, doesn't have a rugby league radar. No, and I think he's trying to learn. You know, and I think that that's what they were there on some sort of life and work skills exercise, weren't they? Trying to figure out. You know, how do we pick up, how do we become more sensitive as men in rugby league? In order to work out where one should take rugby league. Yes. Right, that's yes. right. Right. And of course, Mark Coyne, who was a, am I right in saying, did play for the St. George Dragons? He so, did. He was one of our finest sons. What a, what, a, what, a, what a good week for St. George you're having. Look, we're in trouble. In every, every possible which way. You know that, Chris, I know it. We're, there's no hiding the truth here. Club in crisis. Club in crisis. Now, now, where's Buzz? Has he put the bloody banner up yet? Club in crisis at the back page of the telly? I didn't see it today, but it's got to be next week, it's, surely. It's been dusted After off. tonight's game, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What position? 14th, we'll get to that. Uh, no, but there they were, yet a kilometre away from Mark Coyne, who was deeply embroiled in trouble. Now, it all started, he went to a mate's place, I believe, uh, in Singapore, mm. took the family along, and Mark Coyne is known as one of the good guys. Absolutely. A, a right. charmer, a lovable bloke. Diamond geezer, very successful in business after he finished his career in rugby league in 1999, Stephen. Yes. There's no more hallmark of a successful rugby league person that they have become successful in business, yeah. a commentator, yeah. or a barista. So if they're rugby league radar, do we have a name for that sort of radar? Mm. No, league radar. I don't know. We'll come up with a name. Anybody want to come up with a name? 0409-945-945. And he was up to no good. Uh, he'd been out and he'd been drinking. He realised... Too much. And he's not a drinker. He's not a drinker. No. And then from that point on, he doesn't remember too much. No. No. And uh, he's still in <laughs> not shock. Not until he heard the tapes. Still in shock over his behaviour. Yes. Right? Yes. And it's not... Can you say it or should I say you it? You say it. It's not his go. It's not his go, Chris. It really is not his go. Mark Coyne. And, and as, he said, as he mentioned to all of us... He is like the swearing police at home. That's right. Yeah. The, the coin kitty step out of line. And listen, they step out of line a lot because yeah. our understanding is yeah. Gus Gould lives next yeah. door. They can't say Ben Hunt. Like, they got Mr. Gould's no. been in the yeah. backyard again. And guess what? Yeah. And they swear yeah. in describing his activities. And coin goes $2 Boop. in the jar, kids. So, I mean, I'm assuming they get a pocket money. The kiddies. I think it would go to good cause. I think the coin swear jar would be definitely headed to something like the Men of League or something like that. Right, I, don't, I don't think right. the coin family yeah, yeah, yeah. want to benefit from their indiscretions, yeah, yeah. as indeed Mark has already put his hand up and says, I don't want to benefit from my indiscretions. Right. Uh, now, we're going to bleep out the... Well, Michael Lucking. Should we use the Michael Yeah, Lucking? I think yeah. Carmichael... Well, it's now Ben Hunt, isn't it? Because yeah. who remembers Michael Well, he doesn't Carmichael go that Hunt. far, Chris. Doesn't he? I no, think he thought know. he did at one stage. You're Miking, Michael Lucking, stupid idiot. That's mm-hmm. what he called the police, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you guys are Michael Lucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, this is okay. You are a Michael Lucking dickhead. He's, and he's Nothing talking to the Singapore that. police here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, Michael Lucking Cox. Well, that's a little bit harsh, isn't it, really? <laughs> you must be so Michael Lucking proud of yourselves, he says. So he's, he's got a bit of attitude. What do you think? i tell you what I think, Stephen, because, yeah. you know, 
he, he, he got in trouble for this. He was detained because his passport, he quite rightly thought, was best safely stored in his hotel safe. Oh, and he only had don't a take a passport when you're drinking. Right, but this no. Singapore, Stephen, they have rules. It's- and in fact, the rules and regulations say that the typical behaviour of a rugby league player, yes. as exemplified yes. by Mark Coyne. Even ex-players, yes. Yeah, Night yes. on the Terps, yes, yes. Foul, language, foul language, combative, yeah. thrown in a paddy wagon, locked up, no yeah. passport. Yeah. And can I also say this is a real buddy poke in the eye for New South Wales because they didn't recognise the New South Wales driver's licence. Right. They said, what's that? Never heard of it. (laughs) Sorry, Gladys. (laughs) So Mark Coyne is writing large what the rugby league values actually are. It shows where Beattie and uh, Greenberg have got it wrong. Singapore does not want that sort of behaviour in their country. So there's no rugby league expansion to Singapore. But I tell you what, Coyne has voluntarily stood Mm. down while the commission decides his fate. Did he? I am behind the push to make him chair because not only has he played the game, he behaves like a rugby league player. He understands the boys. I see what you're saying, Chris. Perfect chairman. Why are we even worrying about his status right now? So this was his work skills exercise. Correct. Right. Find out more about how to be... How to rugby play... How do you... What do they feel? What do they go through? The emotional turmoil? How do you get out of jail? (laughs) You know? That's right. Staggering down the street. How far can you push the boundaries of the referee with your language? Like the same with the police? So you're saying it's a call for chairman? I think this has been an absolutely fantastic addition by Mark Coyne. Yes. For some reason, he's brought in a communications company. Has he? I think they're called something like Newgate Communications, and they're involved in crisis management. Fantastic. But he tried to bring them in. He rang them up and said, can I book you? And they said, sorry, we're too busy already with the St. George Illawarra Rugby League Club. Right. Future's looking good, Chris. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand, in other words, baby kiss me. Fill my heart with song and let me sing forevermore. You are all I long for, all I worship and adore. In other words, please be true. In other words, I love you. a spear tackle does not know the game of rugby league. If you call that a spear tackle, you've only just started watching this game. Um, and you shouldn't be involved in it if you think that's a spear tackle. I just said to you then, mate. Well, it's it might have been a dangerous throw. Did you think it's a spear tackle? I know your thoughts on spear tackle. I'm not going to well, if you think it's a spear tackle, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be you shouldn't be a journalist in rugby league. But a lot of parents look at that. I mean, I'm not here for the parents. 
I'm here for my player. I'm not here. To, I'm, I'm here to win a game of football. I do enough promotions of football and rugby league outside the game than worrying about being there for 80 minutes in regards to that tackle. I'm there to win a game of football. I do, I do as much and or more than any person in regards to promoting the game. So don't start that shit on me. And then let me get on to, to Ricky's comments later, right? Ricky goes, uh, he was just concerned about how, he was shattered, he said. You know, the boy was suffering. So he goes, I, I took off straight after the game to go and see him. My heart went out to him because I know how much it's hurting him. All he's asking me is, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? The kid just wants to play footy. Nick has got no malice in him at all. If anybody saw that tackle, straight up, he was really antsy. He was into trying to bash anybody who was going at him. He had certainly plenty of intent going on right there and then. And for Ricky Stewart to go, fairy godmother style, I just wanted to reach out to the Kitty who was hurting didn't know what was going on. Oh, give me a break. That's not doing. He doesn't do it very well. Well, what do I need to say now? There are just two sides to every story. Two sides to every story. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go to Johnny Lyden for any advice if I was you, Chris. Now, before, can I backpedal just a little bit? Yes. Big thanks to uh, Quincy Jones for his uh, Flying to the Moon, the first song ever played on the moon. It, today is the day, the 19th of July that we celebrate 50 years since the landing on the moon. Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard Time. Ricky Stewart. Ricky Stewart. So as... I guess we've got to we've got to get out of jail code because we're not journalists, so we? we don't qualify. <laughs> we're broadcasters. Yeah, we're broadcasters. Of, are we even that? Yes, I suppose we're on air, aren't we? Uh, I was going to take that whole issue up again, but I don't need to now, do I? Well, I think you said it so pointedly on our uh, Batuta Advocate Diamantina Podcast Network. Oh yes, <laughs> show more fired up with you, me, Dennis Carnahan, Redfern, Pat at the controls, sort of breaking down each rugby league round after it occurs, and you were very, very emotional. About well, the tackle on Tim Lafay by Nick Cottridge. Yes. Uh, I, I, th- Is it, was it a spear tackle out how, of interest? Uh, Ricky Stewart, how dare he? Come on. I've done more for this game than anybody. Really? Really? <laughs> PR-wise. More damage he's, he's, he's been the butt of more jokes. He's the most disbelieved man. I mean, he's like the Donald Trump of rugby league, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, let's face it. A spectacular win for the Raiders. Yes. They sit high on the top competition table in second spot. And, and catap- what do you want to talk about? They're catapulting towards the semifinals. Yeah. They're doing more for Australian-England relations by importing English players... Yeah. Yes. Ad nauseum into the <laughs> competition. Yeah. So many good stories. And he just goes out there and yeah, winches. Yeah. And, and, and if you think that's a spear tackle, you, have, you, don't, you haven't watched the game. You don't know the game. So, Stephen? Yeah? Is it a spear tackle? It's, uh, let's just call it... It could be a, 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 paral- a paralyzing action. It could be a criminal action. It could be a, a pile-driving... Tackle and it definitely Trimstone. is a spear tackle. Let's not forget to come on throw. Definitely a spear tackle. Things. Well, you don't. You shouldn't be talking about Ricky. rugby league, Stephen. This show is done. No, no, and nor do I know anything about rugby league. But he's being disingenuous. We know that, don't we? <laughs> Ricky is just playing the cards there, isn't he? You it's know? interesting. You talked about the parents there. We yeah, got a little yeah, interview yeah. coming up with someone who's actually concerned about rugby league. He doesn't league care parents. about the parents. No, he's does not he there care about the parents. The, does he care about the fans? Well, we're talking about him, so I suppose he's doing something right, isn't he? <laughs> Unbelievable. And the poor kitty. The poor kitty does have a malice. He got three weeks. Body. I think that's probably a reasonable outcome in all the circumstances. And if he had caused some damage, what would then happen? See, this is a, an interesting discussion because I always feel that uh, the definitely penalties seem to be connected to damage going forward, yes, but right. I never thought they should be. I think it should be indifferent. Mm. I mean, if you try to trip someone and you don't trip them, yes. you still try to trip them, the penalty should be the same. Yes. So that's my but personal view. But he's saying it wasn't intentional. But I, I say to you, as I said, if you happen to blink and you go through a red light and kill somebody... Not intentional. Yeah, true. It's an accident. Yes. But you still get charged with manslaughter. Yes. You know. Yes. Hello, Ricky. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear, oh, dear. He's funny, though, isn't he? And playing the victim and the martyr, please, you Mm. know, not on my watch. Miserable. Miserable. Um, 
Now, one of our Dragons fans, there's a lot of Dragons fans here at uh, FBI. Full of the, jo- the joint's full of them, Joint's Stephen. full of them. Uh, they, they've come up with the phrase, Berry Mary. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's in the it's tradition got a ring about, of hasn't it? Oust, doust. Oust, doust, yeah. Yeah, Berry Mary. I believe there's a change.org petition where yeah. you can uh, sign on now. Yeah. I mean, these follow important political issues. Yeah. Plus the uh, uh, standing out of Mary McGregor, which would come in the wake of him extending for two more years. Yeah. So you've got Mary till 2022. How do He's you feel untouchable. about that? Untouchable. I know. Yeah. Uh, but look, Chris, as we have discussed here, we take emotion on one side, we take logic on the other. The logic says... Only one team can win the comp. Correct. Correct. Now, it's not a bad thing to be in the top four. No. I'd rather be in the top two. Yes. I'd rather be number one. Yes. I don't want to be 14. No, well, you are 14. <laughs> and and you, you, you have to run the uh, origin decimation argument, Stephen. I mean, yeah. Sterlow's done an analysis. And in the well, origin, just like Melbourne. Yes. Or, <laughs> yes. Origin period, two and six for the Dragons, the worst performed team during but the Melbourne origin period. Melbourne had roughly the same number as well. And then sitting top of the pile. Well, and, so, and did, so if you look, if you've each got the same number of origin stars... <laughs> Uh, there are two differences. You've got different colours on the jerseys and you've got two different coaches. You've got Bellamy versus Mary. Yes. Mary yet to be proven. Mm. He reckons he was 85 minutes away from the grand final last year. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, that's what he says. That's it. He's good. He's yeah. good. He can spin. Well, this is the difference, isn't it? This it's is Newgate Communications, you, right? You look at Ricky Stewart, who's <laughs> being highly successful and he's uh, completely downbeat. Yeah. Mary's going absolutely shocking. Mary's and he's on top, top of the, of the moon. Yeah. <laughs> he goes here, no cohesion, no continuity, but no excuses. Well, he says, well, we can win the comp. We can. He he goes into a press conference and goes, we can win the comp. two from eight and he wants to win the next seven in a row, I think. He's not stub style. He's not going, we will the, win the comp. But at least he goes, we can. And therefore, there is the other currency of rugby league embodied in Mary Stephen. And that referred to, of course, not hope, but disil- completely delusional. Delusional. Rugby league people are delusional for that very fact that most of us are doomed to fail each yes, season. Exactly. Now, let's go on some happy news. Yes. They're rebuilding that pile that was uh, Allianz Stadium. Right? Well, that's Gladys's vision. That's yes. her version of... Uh, well, probably if the tunnel was going to the moon, yeah, yeah. rebuilding Allianz is going to Mars, I would Fantastic. say. Fantastic. Yeah. Nothing like big thinkers and vision. She, she's Kennedy-esque. Yeah. Yes. But, um, and, and as you've seen, one of the ways of uh, getting things through is to wrap them up a bit quietly and just push them through. Uh, one of those ideas... <laughs> the world g- operates that way. ...came in the paper today. They, they might have a five-star hotel at the new complex. Now, wouldn't that be great, Chris? Well, well this is exciting. I mean, you're referring to the fact that had Mark Coyne not stuffed up, we would have had a rugby league team in Singapore within two years' time. Absolutely. So we can put that money back into Allianz, or whatever it's going to be called. That's why Greenberg would be there. But Allianz was just going to be, we thought, just a rebuilt yeah. stadium. You yeah. go online on yeah. the Roosters' website, yeah, yeah. and you get an artist's rendition of a yeah. flyby with a drone. Oh, yeah. And you know it's fantasy, because it's uh, it's full of 40,000 Roosters fans. It's fantasy. Is, that can't be Delusional, true. Delusional, Chris. And if you looked closely at that realisation in the background, you saw accommodation. Well, I think they're going to call it the Hyatt Regency. And then bugger aliens, you know. So you go there for accommodation first and foremost. Um, I mean, I've got an issue with this, right? Yeah, what's that? Well, what are you going to do there? I mean, first of all, you want to watch a Roosters game, you might get, what, 8,000? Yeah, you'd be that, lucky. That's you, not exciting. I mean, one thing to watch the Formula One come in in the home straight in a hotel. Yeah, Nothing to watch Twickenham or Lords, you know, or, or, or what's the tennis place? Uh, Wimbledon. Wimbledon. That'd be nice. Yeah. But it's only once a year. Yeah. Now, watching the Roosters every couple of weeks with 8,000 people <laughs> in the wet, it's not, that doesn't, on the balcony, that's not going to do you. But, but aren't you... Aren't Sipping you, what, you know? <laughs> Pina coladas or something, I don't know. But aren't you overlooking the fact that it's, an, it's almost a, uh, a sacred ground? I mean, it's a, a precinct oh, of the, sporting... And, I see. So if you go to the hotel, what, what, what would be the sell for the area? What else can you do there? You could obviously go to Moore Park. 
Well, uh, you, you, you pointed this out straight to me. I yeah. mean, first of all, you could go for a relaxing uh, row on Kipak's Lake. <laughs> Absolutely. Chase a few ducks. If, okay, feed the ducks. If, <laughs> if, 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 if our vision uh, comes true, you'll go for a relaxing stroll through the greenery yeah, yeah. across the Tibby Cotter Bridge. Well, seriously, Chris, that's what they're all coming for. And that's the reason why they built the bridge in the first place, for the hotel. And our plan is where that sort of big open expanse is right now. You go over the bridge and yeah. there's the pyramid where yeah. the rugby league immortals are interred. Yes. And, and the way the conversation goes about immortals these days, uh, it's going to be crowded. Very crowded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and, of course, Stephen, just to your left is, if you're looking in that direction, the yeah. left is the Sydney showground. Yeah. I mean, And the Hall of Shame. And so much so. There's, Don't forget the Hall of Shame. And I think Mark Coyne's now got a wing, yeah. okay, in the Hall of Shame. So so. Hall Hall of Shame at one end, Tibby Cotter in the middle, takes you to the pyramid yep. where the interred remains yes, of... the sarcophagus of Mal Meninga. Mal Meninga and Dave's looking forward Artie to Beeson, yeah. Yeah. yeah, fantastic yeah. stuff. And, and think about the Sydney Showground and all the great bands, and the Horton Pavilion, oh, Stephen, all Horton the great Pavilion. bands that perform there. Chris, where do I start? I remember sneaking through... Well, first of all, let's go to the Showground itself, the ring. Yeah, sure. Uh, I, Michael Jackson I saw there. Did you really? Yeah, back in 96, 97, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, the cricket ground. No, no. No, he was at the cricket ground. No. Oh, I reckon he was at the cricket ground, Stephen. We must look. Can you look this up, please, uh, producer Pat? Oh, I think it was the showground, but I could be wrong. David Bowie, two times. Yes, the Serious Moonlight tour. No, no, and, first uh, one. And stage. 78, yeah, 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 yeah. Sydney showground. So there, there. I think, uh, no, Zeppelin played at Randwick, did they? Or did Zeppelin play there? I think Zeppelin played at the showground. I think Zeppelin played there. And, of course, my boy played Alice there. Alice Cooper. Welcome to my nightmare. I snuck in through the toilets, pulled out a couple of... Pu- well, I didn't... T- somebody else showed me how to... I didn't break the law, but I and, snuck in the window. And did, do you remember what he wore when he came out in the encore? You told me. A manly Warringah rugby league jersey. How did that happen? Uh, the ultimate villain. <laughs> yeah, booed by the entire population. <laughs> and he knew that, didn't he? And it was the Wormold jersey. Yeah, yeah. Michael Jackson, Sydney Creek Ground. Either which way I was there. Well, yeah. okay. <laughs> that, so it's uh, the same area. Yeah. Yeah. So it used to be the sports ground, the cricket ground. And then... All the rat parties. The rat parties. The Royal Hall of Industries. Oh, I mean, Mardi Gras. A diva. Yeah. You have a plaque saying a diva sang here. Grace Jones. Grace Jones performed yeah, and, here. And you can only see the hologram of Grace Jones performing yeah, yeah. at four o'clock in the morning on the tour. Because that's appears. when she came on. Fantastic. Yeah, you, in real time, and, and you have to wake up. let's just start on the Horton Pavilion, Chris. Who, who, who have you... Uh, can I... Mutter, uh, one for one, let's go. Sure. T-Rex. Billy Joel. Frank Zappa. <laughs> Roxy Music. Bob Marley. <laughs> Uh, Ricky Lee Jones. Ricky Lee Jones. <laughs> Roxy Music. <laughs> Stevie Wonder. Wow, me too. Fantastic. With Johnny Farnham. So there's a lot of plaques, right? Yeah. A lot of plaques. So this hotel's looking bloody good, I reckon. Yes. Tibby Cotter Bridge, Hall of Shame, the interred remains of the, <laughs> the immortals. What a vision for Gladys. Wow. I mean, if there's a premium sort of membership for this hotel, I want to join yep. now. Yep. And uh, I can't wait till we do an outside broadcast from there, Stephen. Okay. It's time for the latest instalment of The Life and Times of Gus Gould. Belinda Sharp, the first female NRL referee, will be running out to uh, officiate the match. Yep. That's wonderful. And that was the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. Anyway, we're all fired up. Let's go. And everywhere we go, we had 25,000 people in New York City. I asked them, are you fired up? And they were all fired up. And I asked them, are you ready to go? And they're all ready to go. Chris Gale, uh, look, we apologise. For some reason, the digital transmission from the moon just stops. You know, it's what happens when the astronauts re-enter the Earth's atmosphere. They go into blackout. And that, and oh, that was what... Van Allen. It's the it, Van Allen belt. The radiation belt, Stephen. We were directly channelling what it's <clears> like Chris, to go to and from the moon. We are in empathy of Mark Coyne. Yes, we are. Because we have been wrapped over... Our knuckles have been wrapped. Very firmly. We've been walked through the, the, the walk of shame... 
you know, we've been inspiring for so long now on this show that uh, the station said, look, we need to correct your manner, community services in order, and you need to really adjust the tone of your program, your segment. Number one. Well, we covered AFL, the final quarter, the Ian Darling documentary. As painful as it was. With Yvonne Sampson. And though it had a great result, and we, we admit it, it did good. We got it on TV last night. It did night, good. Purely and, because and, we covered it. And that interview with Ian Darling and Yvonne Sampson is up now on our Facebook page is at it? FBI. Uh, I think we'll get it up on the Fire Up one as well, but it's going back on the FBI socials. It's absolutely worth looking. It's what else is part of our uh, community service? Uh, we uh, explored issues relating to NADOC and uh, mental health last week, and we're oh. very happy to do so because of the strong rugby league connection oh, there. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we've uh, looked at uh, the lockout laws. Yes, we um, we've come out in favour of them. Gee whiz, it's all funny stuff. So, you know, we, so we, 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 we're prepared to canvas a broad spectrum of issues here in rugby league. Right. So. Now, today, I think right now, um, we've got a special guest called Tanya Rennie. Are you there, Tanya? Yes, I am. Lovely to talk to you. Chris, would you like to do an introduction, please? Yes, so we're talking to Tanya Rennie. Now, Tanya, you have two boys on their NRL journey, if I can use that word, playing for Mounties, the feeder team for the Raiders. So you are a rugby league parent. And I think you've observed that there's probably a little bit of a gap in the welfare education market. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Um, Our boys have been playing since they were four and five. And um, as they've gone up through the different levels or pathways, whichever way you want to call it, um, and where they are now, I've noticed, well, there just isn't anything out there for parents to help parents step them through this journey that they're taking. And so what's your response been to that? Oh, it's been really positive. There's actually nothing out there like this because all of the system, all the wellbeing programs and everything are focused on the players, the clubs and the teams. And so who's responsible? I mean, should this not be considered as part of the you know, the programs that, that that are there for the children, the sports children, as well as the adults? Should that not have been considered years ago? Well, well they sort of inc- they include them once they hit the elite pathway system. And yes. when I was talking to quite a few, and I've spoken to quite a few people at different levels mm. in the NRL, even wellbeing managers and everything like that in different clubs, what happens is they get to the elite pathway systems and they believe they've got everything covered. Yes. But I said, wouldn't it be better to have a young athlete ready for things like drugs, injuries, girls, yep. um, everything. You know, so they can say to mum and dad, we've got this covered eight. They've already done it from when they're about 12, 13, 14, 15. So when they walk into an NRL club, they're not going to have to deal with the issues that a lot of players are dealing with now. What have you found as a parent of the stickier issues? What are the, what are the more difficult ones? Um, a lot of it is injury. Yeah, yep. You know, and we've been managers, and my husband and I have managed junior teams back home in New Zealand and things like that. Parents have no idea how to help their kids recover from injury. Mm. They don't know the rice method, which a lot of people just take for granted. But you've got a lot of Maori and Pacific Island parents and non-Indigenous um, parents as well. They don't. They just say to these kids, harden up. Well, <laughs> not hard that's a common phrase. That's a, that, yeah, yes, <laughs> hard enough. Hard enough, you know, and I say to them, you can't do that. You've got to get this kid to elevate his leg for at least twenty-four hours. You've got to ice it every twenty minutes and take it off. And well, they look at me blankly and go, "What?" But isn't that the tricky thing, um, Tanya, is that they, they look like big grown men, and you expect their brains to be just as far down the track. But natural fact, they're they're big boys, aren't they? Yeah, or big girls. Boys and men's bodies. Yes, That's yes. What they are. And Tanya, you're delivering this program in, originally in oral form, but you're hoping to develop an online resource. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So I enjoy going to the club 
and all the junior clubs. So, you know, one of the catchphrases that I use is elite athletes are not growing on elite athlete farms. They come from grassroots. They yes, yep. the junior clubs and the side and they come from, you know, like, you know, Reedsby, Colts, where um, Jaden Ockenborough come from. That's where they come from. Yeah. They, don't, they don't just sort of pop out of the black sky. <laughs> Tanya, where, where, where are you based? Where are the Mounties based to start with? Uh, the Mounties are based in Mount Pritchard, which is here in Sydney. Yes, okay. Yeah, so, no. you know, my boys play at that level, and, yes. you know, they're pretty much, they know what's right and what isn't, and, and they've also surrounded themselves with a lot of really good young men in their families who are all in the same boat. Yeah, and have you had much reaction from other parents? Yeah, I've had a lot of reaction. A lot of them look at me and go, we never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Said, no, you don't. You know, you, you just assume that a manager or a coach or somebody that's going to help your child. Now, they may help on the field because it's not our job to coach the kids. Yes. But it is our job to look after them off the field, and this includes their mental well-being, making sure they're okay. I mean, kids sign contracts thinking they're going to be NRL stars only to find out they either get injured mm-hmm. or somebody else better comes in, and nobody knows how to deal with it. Uh, I'm assuming diet is part of all this as well? Pardon? Diet, is that one of the issues that you deal with? Yeah, your... yeah, yeah, especially for our... Um, especially for our Māori and Pacific Island families, and being able to feed them on a budget yes. that is not high-fat, high-carb. Yes. I mean, it took us a wee while to... It even took us a wee while. We actually thought the whole pasta thing before, you know, the night before a game was a good thing. Uh, nah, not unless you're running a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> we might be looking at diet in a moment with Moses Sully, but Tanya, if people want to know more, is there somewhere they can contact you? Um, yes, they can actually just go to... Um, what they can do is they can either give me a call or I've got an email. Mm. I've got a, um, a Facebook page with TaniaRini. Um, we have got a number one supporter. So the organisation is called um, Support Our Brothers and uh, the coaching program comes underneath that. Support so, Our Brothers. Support Our Brothers. Yeah. And okay. so they look for that on Facebook, yeah? Yeah, Support Our Brothers, yep. If you do that, and, um, and then if they want any further information, I'm just systematically going through all the junior clubs. Yep. And now some of the NRL clubs are realising that there's components of what I talk about that they haven't included, you know, that, and it becomes... Um, see, there's a whole cultural dimension to these kids as well. Yeah, so, so congratulations, Tanya. We wish you all the best. I suggest you do a module for yourself in case your boys make the Raiders because you'd have to become a Canberra fan, and that brings all <laughs> sorts of problems, I would have thought, yeah, of no, itself. We'll, we'll just be happy that they're actually still in the system and it's been a long journey for them. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for your time, Tanya. And uh, we apologise for the uh, technical glitches. We blame that on the NASA mission at the moment. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Chris, uh, let us move on to Moses, Mo- one of the Mosai in rugby league. We were and talking Moses, weren't we? Yes. Now, Desi, he's one of those. I mean, he's a genius like Ricky, isn't he, really? He's got ideas coming out of his head every week. But, he, but in contrast to Ricky, everybody seems to love Des. They do, don't So they? it's a matter of style and delivery, isn't and it? And they love twos. Yeah, they love twos. Twos might go. To the Titans. To the Titans. He's up against the Walker brothers, Wayne Bennett, Had, uh, Kevin Walters. It's going to be a mud wrestling competition, right? Two Walker brother I versus uh, twos. Who's going to win that one? Twos, I, I reckon. Simply, I just want to say, Stephen, I turned on the television the other day and I was watching a thing where these massive humanoid creatures called Titans are consuming human flesh right. set somewhere in Korea right. uh, or Japan. And I thought I was watching NRL 360 because it was just a metaphor for what's happening up at the Gold Coast Titans. Yes, you yes, know? yes. Well, they're in good hands if they're with twos. Yeah, attack on Now, Titan. back to Desi. Desi goes here. He's got a specially designed low-fat meals uh, that Moses Sulai was apparently in dire need of. Otherwise, he was going to be at the fat farm and looking no good. He, we were talking there about Tanya and diet. He was a, uh, a Macca's dinner box solo to yeah. celebrate a win. He's been dumped by two clubs, the West and Canterbury. Yeah, we got rid of him. <laughs> 
Desi saw couldn't, something in him. Couldn't afford the food budget. No, well, the food budget, I don't know, Chris. And now he's got to go quality food, gets even more expensive. Oh, Organic as well. Oh, okay. Okay. So the youngster who admits he would eat an entire McDonald's dinner box if I could. I didn't even know what a dinner box is. <laughs> no, it's outside my. You had to put on your tux. It's out my corner. <laughs> Yeah, bottle of wine, you know, <laughs> I, quality. I, I tell you what, though, I think it'll be on offer at the Allianz so high at Regency. Right, I've made sacrifices, things I shouldn't be eating. Gone is the Maccas, the KFC, safe for one cheat day a week. Oh, he's I got, love a cheat does day. Does Desi know he's got a cheat day? Well, apparently he's a little concerned about the interview that Chesy and Desi he's and public. his mum yeah. will become aware of the cheat day. Get this, Bree, a braised beef ragu, Asian mm. chicken stir-fry, beef kofta, cauliflower curry, beef stroganoff and spinach fettuccine. Roast vegetables are now on the menu. Greens, it's greens not, and greens. It's another reason why you can't take rugby league to Singapore, Stephen. They just can't cater for that sort of international menu, I don't think. No. no. The, do the they have good cab- crab, though. Okay, Terrific good. crab. At McDonald's. In their dinner in meal. Singapore. Fantastic. Uh, Chris, yeah, look, can I just say a big congratulations to Belinda Sharp? Yes, fantastic yeah. last night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, debut refereeing performance as the dogs fell apart against the Brisbane Broncos, or dare I describe them, the uh, infant Broncos? Right. Now, have we done enough community service now? I think we're done. Are we, are we out of the woods now, <laughs> Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll be talking Beer Footy Food Festival at uh, Henson Park right, right. Saturday week with uh, Albie and co from the Jets next week, Steve. Okie dokie. Now, before I go, Chris, I'm just going to uh, offer one more thing. Um, Someone texted in with an answer about where the eagle is? No. You go back in time. I'm talking. Yes. Do you remember the band? I do indeed. Okay. What do you remember? Well, I remember that uh, Kate Sobrano was involved at one stage. She was. It was her breakthrough act. Yeah, and and they were sort of at the vanguard of uh, Australia first trying to get to grips with, I guess, sounds like chic and things like that. That would be my thing. So there was a a, a fusion of soul, funk and electronics. Yes, yes. I also remember seeing them Mm -hmm. at a little venue in uh, the East of Sydney called the Commotion Club. The Commotion Club. Mm. I used to DJ there. Mm. I was a member. <laughs> Still got my green card. Fantastic. And, of course, it was Commotion Club with a K. K, of course it was, because it was the 80s. Yeah. That's right. And, <laughs> and that was on Burke Street, and it was about, I think it held about sort of 60 people. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. I'm going to play a promo. I'm going to get some giveaways, uh, and then uh, we're out of here. So pretty soon, thanks for that, Chris. Uh, we'll be catching you next week. Thank you, Stephen. Look forward to it. Done.